Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Inside the Changing Room. Today we're joined by a personal favourite of mine, a player that uh, has played for my beloved Oxford United. He's also played for the likes of Chesterfield, uh, Port Vale and of course Cheltenham Town at the moment. Of course that man is Charlie Raglan. How are you doing Charlie? Very good, thank you. Good to hear. James, it's good to be back isn't it? Yeah, great to be back. Another fantastic guest and uh... In my opinion, um, a little bit too good for League Two. So, uh, yeah, we're, um, I'm sure. Uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure. I'm sure. We're, uh, I'm sure we'll find we'll find out some great stories from Charlie this evening. Yeah. So, Charlie, to start off with, of course, you grew up in Tenerife actually before moving back to England and into Port Vale's academy. To start with, you know, what was that like growing up in Tenerife? Oh, it's, it was amazing. Um, obviously, as a kid, you don't really think about. You know where you are. You just you're just there, aren't you? Um, I, I didn't I didn't know any different at the time. Um, but yeah, looking back now, I was it was a great privilege for me um, because the obvious uh, benefits of having the weather and being outside a lot and just experiencing a different culture and learning a language um, are all things that I probably took for granted as a kid. Um, uh, and it was, you know, through no fault of my own, you know, my mum and dad wanted me to live out there and my dad had a business and um, I, I got to, to live out there. Still did normal things, you know, I went to school and did my homework and played football with my mates and uh, it was just, it was 30 degrees most of the time. Yeah, you rose through the ranks at Port Vale, of course, and you signed professionally with the club in, in 2011. I bet that was a special moment for yourself. Yeah, obviously um, coming back on and seeing myself as probably that was the only thing of living in Tenerife I felt like I was at a, at a disadvantage of playing football professionally or you know even having the opportunity because you know over there there was only one club you could play for really and I always wanted to come back here and and, and give it a go so so yeah to sign a professional contract was a massive highlight in my life and um, at that age I thought that you know that was the beginning uh, and I suppose it was the beginning but probably of what the roller coaster is as a professional footballer. Yeah, what was what was the talks, Charlie, between you and Val? Because obviously that year that you signed professional, you were actually voted Young Player of the Year that year at Vale. What was the conversations that you 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 and the manager had between that time period um, of you being involved? Yeah, of signing, signing the professional contract. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it was hard really because that year um, the first team were doing really well, uh, um, and obviously. The youth team was doing really well as well, and I was part yeah. of that. Um, but then around Christmas time, the manager was Mickey Adams, and he he left to go to Sheffield United. Yeah, um, he was a boyhood Sheffield United fan, and they were in the Championship, and he couldn't turn it down. Um, but obviously, the, the yeah, like I said, the first team were flying high. Uh, he left. Uh, Jim Gannon came in and had quite a tough time of it. Right, and the first team level dropped, and the league position dropped. Yeah. Uh, so it was just and then ironically Mickey Adams had a tough time at Sheffield United got the sack <laughs> and then came back to Port Vale uh, in the summer but by that time um, I think the caretaker manager was like Jeff Horsfield and Mark Grew who was basically the man who signed me as a 16 year old um, and yeah it was it was sort of a mixture of those two and the youth team managers and coaches who gave me the opportunity of being a pro and obviously the manager being Mickey Adams again he knew me yeah. um, but it was hard because he wasn't actually the one who basically gave me that contract you know right. uh, 
I was now in I was I was in his first team, but whether whether he would have signed me, I don't know. Um, yeah. But no, I always got on with him, and he was he was tough. He was looking back, he was he was a great first manager to have um, because he was uh, what how do how do you describe it? He was old school. Um, yeah. As as that's like a common cliche phrase, but he yeah he was old school and he he was a stickler for for certain things that maybe are going out of the game and. Um, in a way, I count myself lucky that I was I was part of I had that sort of learning curve. Uh, he didn't teach me a whole lot about football, but he taught me about you know being part of a dressing room and growing up really. So um, so yeah, it was it was it was good. I was I was sad to leave, but everything happens for a reason, I suppose. Yeah, your first loan move was obviously to Hinkley United. Was it a case that you just had to get out and, and play some games? Yeah, uh, I. I Looking back again, I was, I was, eighteen maybe, yeah, eighteen. I I wasn't ready, you know. It was the lead two, and uh, I was a mixture really. I was I could play midfield, right back, and centre back, but I was not, I wasn't ready physically. I was I was never going to be knocking on his door saying put me in the first team. Um, so yeah, I went to Hinkley in the Conference North, or, yeah, Conference North, and. I didn't really realise the level, you know, it was a good, it is a good level. Um, and for me, that was my first sort of taste of men's football. And um, they were struggling at the time, but uh, I played quite a few games for them. And um, the manager was a similar ilk to Mickey Adams. So, yeah, it was sort of, you had to rise to that. And I, I enjoyed it. It was miles away from where I lived. That was the only problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because obviously you were a part of the FA Cup run for Hinkley United and you actually scored to get them in the FA Cup first round. Talk about talk about that feeling. Uh, yeah, it was it was that's what I mean. We were struggling in the league, but we seemed to do because obviously, as you know, at that level, you've got to play so many qualifying rounds, and we seemed to uh, have a replay like nearly every round. So there was loads of FA Cup games, and we just yeah. we seemed to do quite well on that. So yeah, it was massive for a club to to, to do that, and um, you know that that was my first sort of taste of being on the the highlights, you know, on BBC or ITV or whatever it was. So. It was a big thing for, for me and, and, you know, my mum and dad who would come to every game and um, my little sister as well. So uh, that was the start of feeling like a footballer, really. Um, so, yeah, I was always thankful for that opportunity um, of going there on loan. Yeah, because obviously it was Hinkley that you ended up making the move to after being released by Port Vale. In hindsight, do you look back on it that you were, were there any offers on the table or pop up? when you were leaving Port Vale, was it a case that you were going to go back to somewhere that you knew or? Yeah, I think, like you say, hindsight's uh, a wonderful thing. And that was, it would be, it's hard to say I regret going, but it was a mistake in the end. Um, yeah. And it was a case of that. I've, I've, I, I didn't really have anyone to advise me on it. And yeah, I didn't have like loads of offers. Um, and a lot of the offers were probably a, a league or two below where yeah. Hinkley were at the time. But they were struggling and they were struggling financially off the field and um, they were miles away from home. But in my head, I just felt like I want to play at the highest level I can or I had to do that. But really, it proved later on in my career that I didn't have to do that. I had to actually be playing regularly um, at a stable, good club and they just weren't that at that time. So, so yeah, it was probably a mistake going and hence the reason I left halfway through the season um, and joined Antwich Town. 
Yeah, let's talk about that uh, that move to Nantwich Town in in February 2013, of course. Then on to FC United of Manchester as well during that time. Yeah, just talk to us about that period and what what were your memories of that time in your career? Um, Well, that period of being released by Vale and then joining Hinkley was very difficult. Just I just felt like a lot of young footballers or young professionals would feel and um, I felt lost and a bit lonely and uh, I didn't really know which way my life was going. Um, and I probably had a period of sulking really and feeling sorry for myself. Um, I wasn't enjoying playing for Hinkley. Um, and yeah, I just didn't see where, where, where it was going. So I made that, I made the decision then to, uh, basically pursue a different career really I was a uh, trained I did a six-week intensive course training to do personal training and during that time I had an offer from Nantwich Town which was much closer to home first and foremost because it does make a difference you know when you you go in there on a Tuesday Thursday night um, and and yeah the manager talked to me and um, all the lads and I played probably from sort of what that time February to the end of the season nearly every game and I was only like 19, 18, 19 at this time. So I captained the team a few times and um, I started to enjoy football again. And then just everything in my life started to get better because I started working at a gym as a, as a personal trainer and just started enjoying uh, something new. Um, and then that sort of kicked into joining FC United. So that year, that season, sort of 13, 14, was um, a really good year because off the field, I was happier. Um and I played sort of 40, 50 games for FC United. Like I said, in a league below where I probably thought I needed to be, but in a decent team, you know, we, we finished second that year and there was loads of good players there, loads of sort of famous non-league players, if you like. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a great club to play for, you know. Um, and obviously the Manchester United connections were, were massive for me as well. Yeah, during that time at FC United, of course, you actually had a playoff campaign which led you to the semi-finals, playing at Berry's Gig Lane during that time as well. Yeah, well, what were your memories of that time? And would you agree with the idea, you know, that it kind of kick-started your football career? Yeah, totally agree. Um, it did because, like you said, I had this idea that I had to be just uh, play in a higher league. But really, I was I was now playing for a well-known um successful club in a in a in a certain league but I was playing consistently we were winning um so people are obviously going to go and watch more of those games and um I didn't really put anything any pressure on myself you know I just I just treated every game like a massive game um uh like I always did really and thankfully um people started to take notice and I I was lucky enough to play centre back with another lad um Tom Davis who went on to move um, to a football league club as well so yeah it was, it was a great period um, for the club unfortunately we missed out on promotion and that was the one thing uh, you know that was missing from that year really because uh, like I said I loved every minute of playing for the club and if we'd have got promoted it would have just been a massive highlight Yeah in April 2014 Charlie you moved on to Chesterfield how did the move come about? I'm not sure um, <laughs> I think I well, it probably a couple of months before that, a month or so before that, I was speaking to a few of the lads and I had a phone call off, I think it was like Chester and they were, I think they were a conference team, conference national. They might have been only conference north. Yeah. Um, but again, I just sort of was thinking, oh, well, it's 
it's a higher level. I've got to move up the level. I've got to go and play. I've got to go and sign for them. Um, and it was a few of the lads who told me to just hang fire and they said that they'd heard things that, you know, I didn't have an agent. I didn't, I didn't have anything really. I just, I just went along with it. And, um, and then, like I said, my mate Tom, who I played next to, he was getting a bit of interest. So it just sort of went from there, really. Um, I had, yeah, I had, I had an offer from another football league club. And then um, it, it was actually an ex-FC United player who had already gone to Chesterfield, Ollie Banks, who now plays for Barrow. Yeah. He, uh, he actually texted me and just said um, that people were asking about me at Chesterfield. So, so uh, yeah, I, within a few days, I'd met the manager and just had a better feel about it really and decided that um, I wanted to sign for, for Chesterfield. Because obviously the manager at the time was Paul Cook. Um, yeah, speak yeah. about speak about Paul. What was Paul like? Uh, he was he was brilliant to me, um, and he was he was it was a successful time for the club. You know, they'd just been promoted from League Two, um, uh, and he showed a lot of trust in me, a lot of faith in me. Uh, I, th- I went in there probably the total opposite of how I approached my time at Port Vale. Um, just sort of like a bit of no fear. I just thought I'm just going to give it everything and. The worst case scenario is I end up back in the gym working, whatever as 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 everyone else does. So I I just and, and that helped me, you know. And I think he liked that. He liked um, the fact that I just gave it everything and and uh, had that attitude really. Um, and he gave me an opportunity. Like I say, it, it, there was a bit of luck in there, like there always is in football. You know, someone else got injured and that gave me a pathway. But I made sure I was ready and I learned an almost I learned an awful lot in that time. Um, and like you said, that squad was was unbelievable. Um, I didn't. Again, a lot of these things happen later. Can you think about the players that I was playing with? And I thought that was normal. But yeah. they were they were they were some really really good players there, and um, who've gone on to have really good careers. So I was just again fortunate to be a part of that. Yeah, funny enough, your actual debut come against Port Vale. <laughs> um, yeah, describe yeah, yeah. describe what that feeling was like. <laughs> yeah, I actually remember that day really really well. Um, obviously going back there for the first time and feeling quite good about myself, you know, because I'd, I'd, I'd suffered the, the being released uh, like, like, like thousands of young lads do. Um, But yeah, I felt, I felt quite proud of myself. The fact that I'd gone away and, you know, dug in at a few non-league clubs and found my way back into really good level. And then going back there, the manager was still the same. A lot of the players were still the same. So I think they were all pleased to see me. Um, But yeah, then it's like you get the call that one of the lads goes down injured and you start getting up those nerves. And, um, you know, I remember my family being there and thinking I could be going on here, this could be it. And, uh, and yeah, you just go on and you just, I don't really know how you, how you get through it, but we did, we did well. And um, we, we won the game, which was, which was nice. And uh, I, I got plenty of praise. So I just sort of rode the wave yeah. on that game. Um the next game that was really tough because I made my first start and I was awful. <laughs> <laughs> to make it even weirder, Charlie, you actually your your first football league goal came against guess who? Paul Vale. You must have really yeah. wanted to you must yeah. have really wanted to show them that um, what they were what they were missing out on. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that as well. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, uh, so that was the return fixture, um, mm. and yeah, I sort of had a. I wouldn't. I don't want to use the word established, but I'd sort of. I yeah. had a run in the team, mm. um, so it was a good time for me anyway. Uh, and Port Vale were struggling, and the manager had changed at this point. Um, 
and yeah, it was just a really good game. And to to score my first football league goal was obviously massive. But yeah, for the fact that it came against Port Vale was uh, equally, again, ironic. And I got a yeah. lot more messages than I probably normally would have. But um, but yeah, it was it was it was, it was great. It, that was a great season. I just wish that time had, had lasted longer. You know, with yeah. the group we had and the manager we had, and unfortunately, it it, it went downhill from there. You know, for the club and. You know, you look at where where they are now, and it's can't believe it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You speak about how great the great the group was and how talented they were as well. Obviously, that season, that campaign, you ended up reaching the playoffs, eventually losing out to Preston. Sum up the rest of that campaign and the playoffs, and yeah, and, and your thoughts and feelings. Yeah, I think the turning point um, I spoke about before was we obviously Owen Doyle was the the main man uh, in terms of goal scoring. And um, we, we ended up selling him in the January. I think he'd scored 26 goals, you know, yeah. start of the season to sort of Christmas. Um, and we sold him and didn't really replace him. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of good teams there, you know, Bristol City were flying, um, Preston were obviously a good side. Uh, <coughs> I think MK Dons were up there as well at the time. Yeah. Um, so there was, there, was, there was good teams, but we, I think we look back at it that, I think if you spoke to the lads who were part of that team would say it was a missed opportunity. Um, and I, I can't put my finger on why. Uh, I, I, like I said, I had a good run in the team probably from when I made my debut to sort of January time. Um, and then towards the last sort of couple of months of the season, I was on the bench coming on and uh, probably didn't play as much as I would have liked, which again, I understood. Um, I, I got off a new contract, which was great. And again, I was just sort of, in a bit of a bubble, you know, I just thought everything was normal. Whereas, like I say, I keep saying it now, now I'm older and more experienced. I look back and do appreciate how good that period was um, and how, how how much we should have probably done a bit better. I spoke a minute ago, Charlie, about Chesterfield, about where they are now and things like that. Are you, are you shocked of the way they've gone? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that group that I played with that, that first season got broke up pretty rapidly and brutally. Um, but it was obviously the club felt like the people behind the scenes felt like they had to do that. You know, those, those players were clearly going to be of interest to other clubs. Um, so they, they, they cashed in if you like, but then it seemed the recruitment process sort of was lost. Um, it, you know, yeah, there was no consistency in it and no real thought process as to what they, what, where they were going. Um, and obviously they never really settled on a manager then you know I mean my next the next manager Chesterfield was Dean Saunders and uh, yes we weren't flying at the top of the league but at the time of him being sacked I thought we were doing okay um, and I think he should have been given more time uh, the next manager came in again and it was the same for him really it couldn't couldn't quite resurrect it uh, so yeah I, it's it's sad to see to see how far they've actually fallen um, I mean they're actually in a good vein of form now I think um in the national league with a new manager and hopefully one day they'll, they'll get back to, you know, they're, they're a football league club at, at, at minimum. Um, so yeah, hopefully back soon. Yeah. August 26th rolls round, of course, and you joined Oxford now at the time with Michael Appleton manager, you know, what were those talks like and what was the selling behind, point behind, behind Oxford? Um, I think to be, Brutally honest, I think the manager at Chesterfield at the time had decided he wanted to replace me um, or he wanted someone else to come in 
uh, ahead of me. And if I had offers to leave, he wouldn't have stood in my way, um, which was surprising and a little bit disappointing because uh, I'd actually been told that I would have, you know, I would be part of the plans. And if I played and played well, then, you know, I would obviously be in contention to keep my shirt. And ironically, again, I played the, the first game of that season was against Oxford for Chesterfield. Um, so looking back, I mean, I think maybe I'd, I played okay. So it was a bit of a trial, you know, a bit of Appleton, Mr. Appleton obviously uh, saw something in me. Um, but yeah, so the opportunity that came up from 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 that really, I think they, Oxford didn't start particularly well. Uh, I was obviously available without me really knowing it. And um, yeah, the conversation um, came from there. So I was... I was more than happy to go, you know, Oxford were, were, are, are a big club. Uh, and again, a bit like when I joined Chesterfield, they were on an upward curve. You know, they'd just been promoted from League Two. They had a great, unbelievable squad, really. Um, and for me to be a part of that was was uh, really pleasing. And the manager was great. And I remember that feeling of going and thinking that, yeah, this was a proper club. And it was just, at that point, it was run correctly. And um, it, was, it was, you just thought this was a place that, going to have success um, quickly. Yeah, were there other offers from other clubs besides Oxford? You know, could things have turned out slightly differently for yourself at the time? Yeah, I think there was one other club that was were going to do a permanent deal. I think it was Leighton Orient at the time. Um, but they had this, it was around the time of the Italian owners. And uh, <laughs> I mean, there was a point when I was on the motorway and it was a case of, are we going Oxford or carrying on to London? Uh, wow, yeah, because it was deadline day actually. It was oh deadline. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I got my own experience of 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 a deadline day, a transfer deadline. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I think I think we decided that the situation at Lake Orient was a bit unstable. They weren't, you know, the, the wow. stories you heard, you were coming out of there at the time was, um, and it was just a bit of a leap of faith. Whereas this was a bit more of a safe option, just in terms of. It was only till January. Um, again, I had that attitude of, well, worst case scenario, I go back to Chesterfield or whatever. Um, and but yeah, fortunately, I loved it, and and um, it was it was really really a happy time. Yeah, when you signed, I mean, Oxford had a few defensive injuries, likes of you know Joe Scars, Curtis Nelson. When you first joined the club, when you were being introduced, you know, what what sort of role did you expect to have? Yeah, it's a good question because. I, I, I came in and the manager said straight away, we, you, you come in here to play and, you know, you just got to hit the ground running, really. Uh, I think there was one or two that he decided maybe were out of favour. And then, yeah, they had big, big injuries to, like you say, like Curtis Nelson. Um, and, yeah, I went in and I think I played 10, 11 games in a row. Um, and it started so well, you know, clean sheets and good results and... Um, just even living away from home was just a bit like, well, you know, new town. And and I was still, what was I then? Probably 22, 23, 23. So yeah, it was all new to me. And um, it was, it was, it was great. I, I, I did feel a little bit hard done by when I came out of the side um, at the time, but Curtis Nelson obviously came back fit. And I think we had one or two dodgy results around that time. Um, losing to, I think we lost to Wimbledon. On television, I think the three 0 yeah. down at half time. Yeah, I was at that game. I think, I yeah, so I think that went. That wasn't great. Um, 
quite rightly so. Uh, and then we went to Coventry, who were really struggling at the time and lost 1-0. And it was just, it started so well. And then we had one or two bad performances and I think the manager felt like he needed to make a change. Um, so it was fair enough. And But to be honest, I enjoyed it that much. Um, I enjoyed training and I enjoyed the people. Uh, I felt like I just, you know, got on with it and... Um, and I hope that I would get an opportunity later later down the line. Um, and then obviously that loan got extended. Uh, so yeah, it just it just uh, carried on from there, really. Yeah, yeah, talking about the people at the club, of course, that season, you know, fresh off the back of a promotion to League One from League Two, you know, could you sense that there was, you know, a good set of people and a good atmosphere during your time at the club? Yeah, there definitely was. Um, yeah, you know, camaraderie and some great characters there, you know, friends that, Obviously, I, I, I just stayed there for nearly three years, but, you know, really good friends that I made, uh, players and staff and people that I still speak to now uh, <clears throat> from behind the scenes. Um, but, yeah, I, there was an expectation there, certainly. Um, the manager uh, was was made made it clear to us uh, around that time where we did have that one or two results. He just said, you know, this is a sort of reset that he, he wanted to get promoted and there was no doubt about it, enough to do that and again looking back you probably do think that we did miss an opportunity um, finishing something like four points off the playoffs and you know you look at the teams that did go up I think I think Millwall got promoted in the playoff final yes I think so. yeah. we'd, we one of the games that I did go on to play again we beat them 3-0 at, at their place um, yeah Conor McElhinney yeah Conor McElhinney yeah uh, so yeah it was just things like that you, you, we it was a great squad, great, great, great group of players, um, and we probably should have done a little bit better. Yeah, I mean that season, of course, like yeah, some great games. You're talking, you know, your Millwalls. Of course, there are other games which you know you were you were you know within the squad for the likes of Middlesbrough away, Newcastle at home, the win. Yeah. Uh, you know, do you have any good stories from from any of those times during that season? Um, not not really stories. No, it was uh, again just sort of going along with it. I mean. Uh, from a personal point of view, it was like this almost, you do feel part of it, but you want to play, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and the manager always said to me, it was, which I took confidence from because he always said it was, he was, I was a difficult one in his eyes in terms of, I felt like he wanted to play me, but there was no doubt that <clears throat> Chase Nelson and Shea Dunkley were, were, were really, you know, top, top defenders in that, in that league. Um, and we were doing well during that period. So, it was a case of what do you do, you know, I, I can't do much more than I'm doing. Um, but that's fine. You know, I didn't really want to put loads of pressure on him. Um, and he did give me the opportunity later on in the season when unfortunately it probably was a realisation that we're not going to make the automatic promotion spots and we are sort of fighting a losing battle to make the playoffs. Um, so I think he gave me the opportunity to play sort of six, seven games, whatever it was, and um, sort of prove myself in a way, uh, which I was happy to do because... I knew that my time was over at Chesterfield and um, I was, I was, I, I almost, I wanted to, again, sort of a bit like a trial. I wanted to stay, stay on at Oxford and um, fortunately, you know, that, that happened for me. Yeah. Well, of course you extended your loan uh, from what was initial loan until January, all the way until the end of the season. You know, when you're, when you're working with that, that group of players and of course under Michael Appleton, you know, was that an easy decision at the end of the day? Yeah, well, that was it. It was, it was, um, working for him was massive. Um, and again, I think that's a good sign because I, I didn't. I probably only played 16, 17 games that season, and uh, I still thought he was brilliant. Um, I, I understood the decision really um, of why I wasn't playing 
20, 30 games because there was players in front of me that were doing really well. Um, but yeah, the, the way he handled it and the sort of the premium that he put on certain things, you know, he was he was big on the group and the dressing room and the culture of the environment and um, the staff and that, you know, he introduced us to sports psychologists and um, he wanted the best for us and he improved us at first and foremost. Um, like I said, it was just... It was just a great, great uh, set of lads, and um, I, I, I wanted. I didn't really speak to any other clubs because I knew that I wanted to stay there, and he made it clear to me with a couple of games to go that he wanted me to stay as well. So, uh, so yeah, fond memories of that period, and then it changed pretty quickly once he once he left. Yeah, you obviously signed a two-year deal, Charlie, in, in in that summer with with Oxford. You obviously mentioned just just there that. Um, Michael Appleton obviously had that conversation with you that you he was going to extend your stay. Was there any other clubs sniffing around because there there was a there was a big rumor at the time that my team Gillingham were were quite considerably wanted you. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Talk about uh, talk about that period. Uh, yeah, well, there was there was no. I don't think there was any like contact in terms of. Uh, I mean, I suppose, you know, agents do speak and, and things yeah. like that and clubs speak. But personally, it was, like you say, it was rumours, I think, Gillingham and maybe like a Scottish club as well. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, there was nothing really in it where I was like, oh, I've got to make a decision here. It was yeah. a case of if Oxford are offering me um, a, a, a chance to stay, then I'll, I'll, I'm pretty much going to stay. Um, because at the time as well, it was... <coughs> We knew that Shay Shay Dunkley was leaving, uh, um, so I, I thought that you know there's going to be an opportunity here, uh, and I think there was. I think there would have been. Um, uh, so so yeah, I was excited for that. Really, I wanted to carry on playing for the club and and sort of cement myself a bit more uh, in, into the squad and play more games. And uh, so it was just a shame, really, that the manager who had brought me to the club and uh, got to know me quite well um, left so soon uh, so I mean there, there would have been plenty of players who would have felt the same way but it was just the fact that I'd just signed there and I thought this could be an opportunity for me and it, it changed obviously when, yeah. when when the manager leaves yeah any any great stories from Michael Appleton um, ones that you can say on camera <laughs> yeah uh, any weird team talks <laughs> No, I mean, he had, I always thought the way he spoke was really well. Uh, he yeah. lost it a few times. Um, Shrewsbury away. I don't know if you were at that game, Jacob. Uh, Shrewsbury away. Unfortunately, I played right back and I think that was the end of my uh, fullback days. But <laughs> we got beat. I remember him, yeah, losing it over, losing it in the dressing room then, quite rightly. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I can't really, I mean, obviously, Derek Fazakli is a great character and um, yeah, you talk about the players, you know, Ryan Ledson was, was, is still a great friend of mine now. And he was, he was, he was a, a massive character for such a young man. Um, but uh, yeah, John Lundstrom was there at the time. And, yeah, we, we, we had a good group because people... You had a very talented group. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just trying to think the way you're putting it as well is when you sign for a club and there wasn't actually many local players at the time, obviously Sam Long, and Josh Ruffles is still there, um, but the rest had come from afar. You know, you had lads from Manchester or Liverpool or Yorkshire or London, and 
um, they all lived in the area and didn't really know anyone else. So sort of socially, we had a good group as well, um, which always is always positive um, in my eyes. So uh, yeah, a few of us lived close by and we would, we would get together after games or whenever we could. And uh, like I say, yeah, we, we were, we were good mates off the pitch as well as um, being, being good mates and, or being good teammates on, on the pitch. Yeah, can I just talk about as well for a second? Uh, obviously, Swindon were in the league at the time. Uh, two wins over them that season. As you were saying there, you know, a group of players which had come from different areas of the country. Did it sort of surprise you, you know, how spicy the the, the occasion was when it came to playing Swindon? Yeah, good point, because that was my second game. Um, yeah, I think I made my debut uh, against Rochdale at home. Uh, Liam Serkin scored the winner. So that was 1-0 and I was just happy to win the game, keep the clean sheet. And then the second game was Swindon. And obviously I, they say it's a derby and I suppose like everyone says, yeah, it's a derby day. This matters to the fans, obviously. But I, I was actually staying in a hotel across the road from, from the ground. And um, it took me about half an hour to get from there to the ground because of the, the police and the horses and the vans and just the the, the, the fans being there so early. And um, yeah, the the... The hostile environment I didn't expect, which was good, you know, I, I loved it. Um, and obviously, we had a decent team, and we 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 beat them quite comfortably in that first game. Yeah, uh, obviously, the following the following season, Charlie, leading up to the summer, you obviously had a great, probably a great pre-season. Felt fit, felt firing. Got yourself injured on the uh, on the eve of the, the new season. The manager obviously gone by then and it was Pep Clotet who would come in. Um, yeah, speak about that time period where you got injured and then uh, speak about Pep, Pep himself. Towards the end of pre-season, I did have quite a good conversation with him. Um, we played Leeds in a pre-season game and um, I think we were doing like a, uh, like the players did presentations and I enjoy those sort of things. So I, 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 I got involved and got stuck in and did my bit for the lads and and uh, he, I think he liked it and we we had a good conversation off the back of that and he was saying how he'd already brought in Mike Mike, uh, Mike Williamson um, already had Curtis Nelson um, and that was it at the time so I, but it was sort of us three really that were Aaron Martin was there um, as well but I, I I did feel like I was ahead of him in that sense and he made it clear that I was so. And the way I got injured, it was four days before the start of the season. So whether wow. I started or not, I don't. But um, yeah, we were playing Oldham away in the first game. And it was, so yeah, so it was on a Tuesday training session. And it was, <coughs> I blocked a shot off, um, do you remember Shemi? Shemi Fernandez, the Spanish lad from Barcelona. And um, it just I, I just blocked a shot and my ankle just sort of went like that. And then as I landed, it, it stayed in the same position. So the whole, all the ligaments on the side just totally ruptured. Um, so yeah, obviously, massive injury. And at the time, the the, the physio uh, again, good friend of mine, and he just said this could be sort of six week job. So I was thinking, oh god, six weeks, just done pre season. And then the next morning, he called me in and said it's it's not six weeks; it's more like six months. So wow, yeah, obviously, massive punch in the face. Um, but there's not a lot of sympathy in football, and there, there shouldn't be really because we all we all go through it. But you just have to get on with it, and. Um, and the manager was really good to me then. He, you know, he, he rang me on the days off and he rang me when I was at home or in hospital. And he was, uh, you know, he gave me a lot of confidence. But um, but then obviously you're out of sight and out of mind and he's got to concentrate on winning games for Oxford, which is quite right as well. And then, like I said, he'd already bought Mike Williamson and then John Massino comes through the door. Um, 
Nelson's still there, Aaron Martin's still there. So the numbers are piling up and and then they go through a bad time around Christmas time. Uh, and I'm just coming back into the fold. And in fact, I think Pep Protect got sacked when we were 10th at the time, which was a bit crazy, really. But he left, so straight away, now a new manager's coming in. But that was sort of, it, I think they'd made it clear that Derek Fazakli was going to get the job for a while and see how it was going. And there was rumours whether Faz would go for the job or not. Uh, and then they signed Rob Dickey as well. So <laughs> I'm thinking there's about 10 centre-backs here. I've just been out for six months. Uh, and I probably did jump the gun, but I was desperate to play. And I was thinking, and I got on with Faz and, you know, I just said, listen, can you say that I'll play any games really? Can, can you say that I'll be involved? And I was expecting him to say, I wanted him to sort of make my mind up and say, don't go anywhere, stay here and you'll get an yeah. opportunity or just fight for it. And that even that would have maybe given me some confidence just to stick it out. But I was very impulsive and um, and I'd had, I sort of was, I was led down the garden path with the manager of Port Vale who kept bringing me and bringing me. And I thought there was an opportunity there. And in the end, I made the decision to go to somewhere where I thought was really familiar and was going to be good for me, but it didn't turn out that way. I mean, I did play 10, 11 games, but it was a difficult time. And coming back from injury, I probably didn't, uh, I didn't, what's the word? I, I didn't realise how hard it was going to be to come back from an injury like that. But yeah, it did probably take me longer than I expected. Yeah, I mean, how, how far in advance did you know about that move to Port Vale or, or at least the, the concept of moving on loan somewhere? Because, I mean, you did make an appearance for Oxford against Chelsea in the Czech trade that season as well. Yeah, yeah. So I think that was Fazzy's first game um, as caretaker manager. Um, and we were conceding a lot of goals and I remember he rang me to tell me that I was going to play and he was, but he was changing the system. We were going to a back three and we hadn't really done any work on it. Um, but no, it was great to play, uh, great to play at Stamford Bridge, you know, and um, great to be back playing for Oxford. And I thought, I didn't really look too far ahead. I just thought I need to be playing games this year because I'm going into last year of my contract. But yeah, in hindsight, I think I was a little bit too impulsive and a little bit too uh, sort of giddy to, 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 to play I should have just took a, a back a back backward step and thought listen I've, I've been injured just ease my way back into training uh, but obviously with the long windows and things like that and like I said I was getting told by so the manager of Port Vale at the time when I was playing for FC United he was manager of Halifax near Aspen and he was always wanting to sign me there so I just I just felt well this manager's wanted me for years um, yeah. and now he's on at me again this it's a no-brainer to go back to to Port Vale um, but Little did I know that it was a bit of a nightmare. So, um, so yeah, it, it sort of. And then in that, while I'm away, Carl Robinson comes in as manager of Oxford. Uh, and again, I'm just I'm not there. I'm not in the shot window. So, uh, and I've gone on loan and not really done particularly well. So it just it yeah. it all amounted really that it didn't it didn't bode well for me and my career at Oxford. Yeah, January 2019, you did make a loan move to Cheltenham, of course, the club that you're now at permanently. Um, yeah, what was the selling point behind Cheltenham? What was that like being introduced to that new club at the time? Um, to be honest, it was probably the only offer I had. Um, what? Country-wise. Uh, I, I, was, I, I wasn't playing for Oxford. It was... It was um, and, that, and that was... That's just the way it goes sometimes. You know, a manager fancies you, he doesn't. And... Uh, there was no doubt in that we had two really good centre-backs playing in my position. You know, Rob Dickey, Curtis Nelson, John Messino was obviously is, is an experienced player and he was great, a great man to be at the club. 
so it was it was just difficult to to find a way in. Um, again, I thought I might have gone in the summer, but that that opportunity was sort of um, stopped. And then um, and then yeah, I was playing check your trade games or whatever they were called then. Um, and I think Michael Duff was there to actually watch another player, but. Fortunately for me, I, I had a I had a good game. Uh, I think we were playing Tottenham under twenty ones or twenty threes. I think I scored actually. Um, but yeah, he he was there, and it and it and it came from that that he was he was interested. And again, Cheltenham were having a really tough time of it. But for me, I could I could travel from from Oxford to Cheltenham quite easily. Um, and I was I was desperate to play. I knew obviously I was out of contract. So so yeah, it's just. And like I said earlier on, that it's a roller coaster, you know, ride of being you're up here and then down here, and yep. your, your goals change or your yeah your goals change so quickly. And for me at that point, it was a bit of desperation that I need to go to to, to a club and make it work. And uh, obviously, I was wary because of what had happened at Port Vale, but I got the feeling straight away that you know uh, after speaking to the manager Michael Duff and. Um, and I, I made the decision that yeah, this 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 is gonna this is gonna work. Yeah, obviously that rest of that campaign that you joined in a January, Charlie. You played pretty much every week of that of that campaign. Was that important for you in terms of you've not played a, a lot of games before that? That you then went straight into that Cheltenham side pretty much and pretty much played every week. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, and I remember. Um, what was it? It was probably third, third or fourth game, probably third game for Cheltenham. Um that we got we got battered by, by uh, Colchester away, um, three 0 And we obviously we play a system, we play three at the back or five at the back, whatever you want to call it. And we were just all over the place. We just weren't we weren't doing it right. And I was playing on the left side at the time and uh you know it, it, it the effort was obviously there from everyone, you know, but it just wasn't working. And from my point of view, I was, I knew it wasn't working. So I just made the point. I went to see him and I just said, listen, this has got to work for me. So you have to sit with me as long as it takes day and night, training pitch, uh, analysis room, whatever it is, show me what I need to do because this, I was, I knew that I had to make it work, you know, um, for my own, for my own career. Um, so, and to be fair, he's done that. He's done that ever since, um, well, before he was working out in the training ground, but even now, if I've got a problem, I can go to him and and work it out. And obviously, we've spent two years working on it, and we've we've got good players. And and, and um, yeah, since then, sort of the form table would say that we've we've been right up there. So it's been it's been a great time. Yeah, obviously, the following season, um, COVID hit eventually, um, kind of halfway through. Um, but before then, you were you were uh, you were named um, in actually the League Two team of the year so far. Um, <laughs> as such, um, that must have been a really nice accolade. Yeah, um, obviously, yeah, we missed sort of. I think it was like the last nine games of the season, and um, mm. we were. I think at the at the time we'd we'd won six on the bounce, or maybe won five and drawn one. So we, we were in a really good vein of form, and. Um, yeah, I mean, I was like I say, I was consistently, I was consistently playing, and um, I think we had the best defensive record in the league. And so there were a lot of things that went for me that weren't just about me. You know, I was, I was, I was in a really good team and uh, playing alongside, you know, good defenders and the managers really organised and 
it, it had the same feeling of when I joined Oxford, you know, it was, it, I knew that it was a place that was designed to, to be successful, even though historically the club hasn't had that much success, you know, they've always been sort of bottom half league two teams. So, but the manager made, left us in no doubt that that had to change. And um, we, we worked hard in the training pitch, obviously, and he brought in, you know, good players, good loan players as well. And uh, yeah, we just had a really good sort of recipe for, for success. And I think we, we caught a few people by surprise because of that, you know, people in the past obviously rolled up to Cheltenham and thought, well, we'll just, we'll beat these easily. And they probably did. Um, but yeah, we, we, we've, we've managed to turn that around and become, you know, a bit of a force, a bit of a, a fancy team in, in, in the league. And we're enjoying that. Um, but yeah, back to your question to be named in League Two team of the year, it was great because that sort of, like I said, I'd, I'd probably since Chesterfield, four or five years to to get that to get that again that feeling of of yeah. being part of a, of a of a really good group and, and playing regularly and it's everything you want as a footballer. So um, so yeah, I was pleased with that. Yeah, last season, of course, COVID hits, the league stops. Uh, it turns out the league will be decided on, you know, PPG. And then, of course, you have to go again in the playoffs. Was it easy to, you know, get yourself in the right frame of mind to get going again for that playoff campaign? Uh, yeah, well, it was, like everyone says, it's a new experience. You know, nobody's experienced this. But obviously, we were the first ones to experience it as a football team and footballers, if you like. We, obviously, outside the Premier League. But, yeah, we'd obviously, like everyone else, spent so much time in lockdown and then, um, it was a rumour mill at the time. Everyone was saying, oh, well, if, if it's points per game and then, what was it, weighted would have seen us promoted automatically or something because we had a game in hand and, you know, we were thinking we could be popping a champagne at some point and then quickly got told that we were, it was going to be playoffs. Um, so, so yeah, we, we the manager made it clear again. We had a few of these meetings sort of on Zoom and uh, he just said, I don't want any excuses, you know, We'll we'll do it by the books. Obviously, we ensured that everyone was safe first and foremost, um, and people had no doubts that that was that was being done correctly. Um, but yeah, we didn't want to feel sorry for ourselves, or we've been hard done by, or you know, we deserve to we deserve to go up and they didn't, or whatever. All this rubbish. It was a case of listen, we're here, get on with it, and um, give it a good go. And things were going so well. <laughs> yeah, I mean that playoff campaign. Unfortunately for yourselves, you were beaten by Northampton Town. Uh, but in the first leg, you know, you won 2 0, you'd scored. Sum up Platt, that playoff campaign, you know, from your perspective. A game of two legs, as it as it were. Um <laughs> yeah, we we prepared properly, we as as we did, and we were we were confident. Obviously, there was a sort of conflict of styles. You know, we know that Northampton play a certain way. The 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 manager is 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 a known for playing, you know, quite direct and they had the players to do that, you know. Um for Dane Oliver's obviously a big handful up top and they played they play, play sort of for position rather than possession. Um so we knew it was coming and we'd had two good battles during the season. Um I think we'd won one and drawn one. So so yeah we knew it was a tough game and um we were we were well up for the game and we we actually survived an early scare. Obviously they had a penalty early on and we we the Owen Evans on loan from Wigan, he made a great save and he had a great game in that game. Um, and then, yeah, we got ourselves ahead, obviously delighted to, to score any goal, which is rare for me, but to score in a in a game like that on, on on television, you know, and family watching and everything. So 
and then we 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 went on from there. You know, got another one, and things were so positive. Um, but by no means did we think it was over. You know, it's not like we were in celebrating, thinking we were going to Wembley, and and that's the reason for us uh, getting beat in the end. It wasn't like that. It was just a case of on the day in the second leg. I think they started so well. Um, again, it's sort of a common theme. Whether it was me and my attitude going into certain clubs of having no fear. I think. I think they had no fear. They had nothing to lose. You know, if they got beat, if they conceded another two or three, then they were expected to get beat anyway. Um, and and it was a different, it was probably the first time we had the expectation on us that season. You know, we'd, everyone was reeling off all these statistics of how we'd, well, we'd never conceded three, three goals in a game last season. Um, we hadn't conceded more than two at home, I don't know, all season or whatever it was. It was all these great things that were in our favour. Uh, and they just started better than us. They they um, physically dominated us and obviously scoring early uh, and they were just on top and we couldn't wrestle momentum back and we gave away a couple of soft, really poor goals from that and never looked like threatening. So, yeah, all in all, it was a nightmare and uh, it took a bit of a while to, to get over. Um, but we, we, we made it sort of a bit of a mission for when we came back in this season to to overcome that. You know, there was... There was uh, there was loads of stories that we could have held on to uh, and excuses we could have held on to for, for that. And, you know, there was other clubs, Notts County, I think, who reached the playoff semi-final and then got relegated the next season. I think Stevenage had been up there and then down there and Mansfield had saying they lost in the playoff semi semi-final and then were right down there the next season. So we just said we didn't want to be that team. We wanted to, to learn from it and use it as, as, as fuel in a way, you know. Uh, and I think we've done that. I think we're at a very similar stage this season to where we were last season. Um, but again, the sort of the expectations change. So people maybe aren't seeing it as such a great season this year, even though we're, we're, we're on track for doing what we, what we were doing last season. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Bringing ourselves up to date to this campaign now, Cheltenham sitting fourth in the league um, with all the hard work, you know, since that playoff campaign over the summer and then obviously during this season, um, is that a surprise, you know, all the good work you've been putting in? No, I don't think it's a surprise. I think um, we we're confident in yeah the processes we go through. You know, the we've got we've got a good sort of core group of players who have been here the whole I say the whole time, but all, the whole time since I've been here. You know, and it's you know, we we've, we we get to know each other and um, you know similar to what we had at that that first year at Chesterfield and when I first went to Oxford. You know, there was a group of of, of, of strong sort of characters who who would drive you know the standards and. You know, we we we're trying to ensure that that sort of uh, stands the test of time. Um, but yeah, I think we've 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 probably disappointed actually with a few of the results we've had. Um, we've probably lost a couple more games than we did at this stage last season. Uh, and yeah, again, I go back to the word sort of expectation. I think people have sort of realised that we are a decent side, and and they've got to actually think about things a bit differently when they come and play us and. Some have, and some have caught us out, and we 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 weren't prepared for it. Uh, certain teams, the way they've played against us, and uh, we paid the price. So, so yeah, we we're just trying to keep sort of keep this, the the scoreboard going, if you like, and keep picking up results, and um, just try, keep trying to improve. Yeah, of course, we have to talk about the FA Cup run, Charlie. Um, eventually, it ended uh, to to really well Manchester City. Um, yeah, sum up. Sum up that FA Cup campaign. 
Uh, well, yeah, it was it was great. Um, I missed the first game um, again off the back of the poor lead re- result against Oldham. Um, the manager made changes, and obviously, I was gutted to to miss out. You know, I I, I played a lot of games, and you just get that sort of addiction if you like. You just want to keep playing. So um, yeah, so yeah, I missed that game uh, against South Shields, but then that got us a drew a, a tie with Crew, which in the second round, um, which we knew was going to be a tough game. Um, the manager at the time actually said it's a bit of a free hit, really, because he said, you know, again, the pressure's on them. Um, and we knew from playing them the previous season in League Two that they were a good side uh, who, who won't change their style of play. But no, we set up really well. And um, and again, we had to go to the wire, you know, went to extra time and we we, we managed to to see them off. And, and then you think in the third round, you could get a big side here, you could... This is when it all, all happens. And obviously, Mansfield was maybe a bit of an anti-climax. <laughs> you know that it's a really tough game. Because, yeah. Because it is. Um, but, yeah, so the, the, the carrot was still there because you think, well, they are beatable. But, you know, you've got to be at it because Mansfield is still a good team in this league with good players. Yeah. So, uh, fortunately, well, we actually started really poorly. We went 1-0 down after three minutes. Um, and then we sort of grew into the game and again went to extra time and, uh, the now famous Ben Toza throw uh, landed on Will Boyle's head, and he, he put us into the to the fourth round. So, so then then you're still thinking, oh well, you know, you could get the the big the big names now. And I think we're the first first team out of the hat. So, uh, I think I've got to thank Peter Crouch for for drawing us against um, Manchester City and and getting us the coverage we got, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was it was a great experience, obviously. The obvious bit without the fans and everything, but yeah, it was it was still great to play against that team. Yeah, you spoke about obviously the long throw from Ben Toza, Alfie May scoring. Um, Charlie, be honest, did you really think you were you were going to go on and win it when Alfie scored? Uh, probably not when he scored, but probably five minutes before they scored the equaliser. I think yeah. we were. I was sort of in that mode of. Believe it or not, and I've said it, I said it to the lads, I said, you get into that thing where we were 1-0 up, so we, we were in a good position for, for us. And obviously we set up to be play a bit deeper and be really compact and sort of have a good defensive structure, which we work on a lot anyway. So we, And for me, I'm quite happy to do that. Yeah. But the difference was now we were 1-0 up and it was a case of actually, during that period, that sort of 75-minute mark, I was thinking, it's, this isn't too bad. Like, you know, they're, they're passing it in front of us. Um yeah, we're working hard and concentrating, but it's not too bad. They're not creating anything. Yeah. And then it was just like bang, bang, and out of nowhere, the two one up. Uh, yeah. And that's that's the difference. That's the quality. You know, they, they, the manager always says to us things like the old Manchester United teams, and they said it about thirty time and stuff. And it wasn't thirty time. It was they they just they just uh, run the legs off you. You know, they just wear you down and wear you down and. Manchester City have done that. They've done that to some of the best teams in Europe and they did that to us in the end. You know, they brought on, I think, Cancelo and Gundogan and players like that. And yeah, they 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 had, they uh, they showed their quality in the last 10 minutes and that's when it counted. Um, um, I think uh, I think Pep was pretty scared though, wasn't he? Well, yeah, I think, yeah, he, he, he probably was because he, he, he probably can't help but think there's 10 minutes left and if, they lose this. Obviously, the headlines for them are, are awful, and uh, mm. those games, those games are no win for for City. You know, if they do beat us six 0 then everyone says, "Oh well, you've 
they're expected to win. But if, yeah. you know, if we beat them one 0 then it's an absolute nightmare. Just as it is for us, if we play like when we played South Shields, you know, South Shields are a good side in their <clears> league. But if if they'd beaten us, then it would have been an upset. And yeah. uh, that's obviously what everyone's. That's why the cameras are there. You know, that's why Gary Lineker and Shearer were there. They, that's that's what the FA Cup's about. Yeah. Um, yeah, Charlie. Obviously, we've come to the point of the podcast right at the end. We asked you when you first agreed to come on to the podcast about picking your best eleven with the players that you've played with. Have you got it there in front of you, Charlie? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well prepared. Yes. yes. Good to hear. Good yeah. to hear. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let's um. Let's done your own work. Right, Charlie. Let's go for uh, Charlie Bragland's one to eleven. Then let's start with your goalkeeper. Then Charlie. Okay. So. Goalkeeper done someone that uh, Jacob will know well, uh, Simon Eastwood. Yeah, nice. Um, pu- purely shot stopping and big saves. I think that that period when I played, so that first season when I played the most yeah. of my games for Oxford, there was always a, there seemed to be always a game when he would just make a big save. And as a defender, you're just sort of thankful that he's he's helped you out, you know, because then you get the plaudits again, another clean sheet. But you know that he's he's made a big save and. Again, that period he was he was brilliant for Oxford. Yeah, penalty specialist as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, right, what formation are you going with, Charlie? Uh, well, I've gone, I've gone like sort of old school now, four four two. But yeah, nice. midfield's got a bit of flexibility. Uh, <laughs> right, let's yeah, go on to you. See the players I brought in there. So they, they can do all right, let's go on to your right back then. Right back is uh, Tendai Dariqua. Um, yeah. He's now playing for Wigan. Uh, I, I think he's just signed for Wigan uh, from Nottingham Forest. But obviously, again, going back to that first season I had at Chesterfield, I think he played every minute of every game. Uh, and he was he was brilliant. You know, he was an unbelievable athlete. And I played, when I did play, I was playing sort of right side centre-back. So to have him covering me and even just giving him the ball, you know, was just made made my life so much easier. Um yeah, great athlete, good defender. Uh, and he went on to obviously play for Burnley in the Championship and get promoted to the Premier League. So, yeah, another one has had a good career. Brilliant. Gone to your centre, your first centre, centre back then? Um, well, I'll put them together, I suppose, uh, because yeah, they on. sort of yeah. played together and kept me out of the team. So, Curtis Nelson <laughs> and uh, Shay Dunkley. Um, yeah, so Nelson is a really good friend of mine. Um, Shay, obviously, yeah, I class him as a friend, you know, but um, yeah, now someone I keep in contact, keep in contact a lot. And uh, again, both gone on to have really good careers and, you know, make the most of, of what they've got. And playing in the championship is great to see. Yeah, what was Curtis like as a captain as well? Because, of course, during your stay, you became captain of the club. Yeah, he was, I think he was someone who led by example, first and foremost. He was, um, you know, a, a good a, a good professional. Uh, I know that's the minimum, but I just mean you know you could always tell that he was working hard and uh, doing doing extra stuff to to, to try and improve. Really, um, uh, he was he was again a good athlete. Um, so he, he sort of like you say that 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 sets a, a, an example and a standard. Um, and he was vocal when he needed to be. You know, he was for he's, for a young man. He was very experienced. Played a lot of games. Um, but he was he was he was calm with it, you know. I always felt the games I did play with him. I think it was that back end of that first year at Oxford. I played sort of six, seven games next to him, and he was he was just a calming influence, um, as well as being you know a really aggressive defender, good, good communicator. So uh, 
and he's he's improved massively with the ball. So that's why he's playing at the level he is now. You know, um, great lad. Okay, moving on to left back then. Left back again. I was going to throw another Oxford player in there who signed the same day I did, uh, Marvin Johnson. Um, but he was more of a left left winger, really converted to left back. So I've gone with uh, a current teammate, Chris Hussey, who okay. again very very good career, but probably edges it as a defender. You know, one v one defender, really good. Okay, on to right midfield. Uh, right midfield. I've not really decided on the positions, but I guess I'll roll with Gary Roberts, um, yeah. currently of Accrington Stanley. Uh, yeah, played for Chesterfield when I was there, went on to Portsmouth and um, and Wigan as well. So, yeah, really, really left one of the left foot and uh, really good character as well. Okay, you're, you're, uh, you're two centre midfielders? Two centre midfielders. Uh, I've gone with John Lundstrom. Again, captain of Oxford when I, when I initially signed. Um, and Sam Klukas, who was signed whilst I was at Chesterfield. But yep. uh, two unbelievable footballers. Technically brilliant, uh, physically brilliant. Uh, um, yeah, not a lot that they can't do. And obviously, Lunny's doing it week in, week out now in the Premier League. And Klukas has done that in the past and is still doing it in the Championship. So, yeah, two, two, great, two great players. Yeah, with, with Lundstrom, I mean, the the interactions I'd had with him when I'd met him as, as a fan when I was younger, he seemed like a great guy. But you know, when you were actually playing with him, could you always see that he had it in his locker that he could go on and perform at the highest level? Well, you, you probably never think he could go on and play <clears throat> at the level he is now. But I did think when I first got there, I, just, I was amazed at his passing range. And and then obviously his age, you know, I, to be a captain, again, he was a good character Um vocal when he had to be in the dressing room um, but yeah his, his, his ability on the ball and his, his his confidence on the pitch you know to demand the ball and yeah left foot right foot he was he was he was a joke uh, and I remember thinking that on the pitch initially you know getting to know him and playing with him I was I was pretty amazed at, at how good he was um, so yeah it's pleasing so, so I'm delighted for him and he deserves to be playing at level he is on to the left midfield then yeah, so so yeah, my winners are more they're not they're not natural winners, if you like. I've gone with Chris Maguire, obviously we've 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 mentioned him, but uh, again, similar to Gary Roberts, just sort of a bit of a talisman, you know, in the in the team um, at Oxford. Again, those that the early games I played for Oxford, he would always pop up um, with something. He would always make an impact on the game, you know, an unbelievable free kick or uh, a penalty uh, or winners a penalty. Um, and again, a, a, a character like no other, really. You know, he was just a different, different, uh, different, different man. <laughs> <laughs> on to your, on to your two forwards, then, Charlie, to wrap it off. Yeah, so the, the obvious one was Owen Doyle, um, uh, just because of the, the amount of goals he scored at, at Chesterfield, uh, and he's gone on, you know, to 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 do that everywhere he's been. Really, obviously, Swindon last year without him, they wouldn't have got promoted. You know, that's there's no doubt about that. Uh, and then the reason why I went four four two is because I wanted to get another striker in, but I want, it was um, again he's not actually at Cheltenham now; he's just left. But Luke Varney, um, yeah. he was again a bit like a talisman, you know. Sort of, I think he's he was thirty six, thirty seven at the time uh, last season and the season before, and he was just unbelievable in the dressing room and uh, really, really great, great guy and a good friend now. But he was he was still doing it, still showing the young lads how to do it at, at that age and. Um, 
again, he's another one who's done it at the top level at different points in his career. Yeah, yeah, really good characters in there as well. Um, yeah, Charlie, you've been a wonderful, wonderful guest. Um, you've been absolutely brilliant, and uh, we, of course, wish you all the best for the rest of the season with Cheltenham, and we really hope that you go on and get promotion um, this season as well. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Cheers. No problem. You've been watching Inside the Change Room with Charlie Raglan. Keep liking, subscribing, retweeting everything, and uh, and thanks for thanks for your support.